Well, uh, Makoto Fujimura, thank you so much for being with us on the Resound Worship Podcast. Oh, it's lovely to be here. Uh, thank you for uh, inviting me. Yeah, well, thank you for making this time. Um, yeah, can you just paint a little word picture of where you are right now and what's going on for you? Absolutely. I'm here in my Princeton studio. Um, it's a converted horse barn, so uh, it's it's pretty intimate space, but uh, I, I can do fairly large paintings. Uh, behind me are several works that I've been working on and uh, um, during the quarantine at the yeah. time, I, I, I've been very productive because I'm, I'm sure. here all the time. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but uh, here's um, where I usually work. I, you, I, I spend most of my time uh, now in Princeton. So. Oh, great. Yeah, I can see some wonderful works in progress behind you. There's a, <laughs> there's a big white one on the wall and then a red yeah. one just over your shoulder. That's, that's correct. Looks glorious. Um, well, you're a leading contemporary artist whose mm. work is featured widely in galleries and museums around the world. Uh, you're an advocate for culture care, speaking mm. to policymakers and industry and academia. And you're a Christian who's mm. steeped in God's word and passionate about living out your faith. And these strands really seem to have come together in this amazing book uh, I've got in my hand, Art Plus Faith, which I've heard you call your life's work. Yeah. Uh, and I've personally found it really challenging and encouraging to read. And we thought we would share this with some of our listeners mm. and some of the people involved in the in the songwriting challenge that we do. Mm-hmm. So could you tell us a bit about your journey in art and faith and culture yeah. care and how this has come together in this book? Sure. Uh, Art Plus Faith is my life work. It's, it's a book that I've been writing for 30 years, really. And uh, the manuscript is actually three times as long as the book. Um, my editor did a good job. And uh, um, it really is, when when I came to faith in my 20s, I was, first of all, I was born in the uh, United States and then went to Sweden and mm. then Japan and mm. grew up uh, most of my childhood years in Japan, but then came back to U.S. for middle school and high school and college. And I went back to Japan for graduate studies because I was particularly interested in 17th century art and mm. culture of Japan and to apply that to my contemporary works. So mm. that, that's basically what I do today. Um, but I came to faith in Japan as a graduate student, uh, as, as a kind of an awakening. I, I call it inversion rather than mm. <laughs> conversion yeah. because I. it's not that I, you know, I didn't really have a religious upbringing mm. and I, I didn't know what the Bible was um, uh, specifically uh, inviting me to journey into. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't until I read the Bible as part of my literature classes in in university and and beyond that I I came to understand who this Jesus was and the voice of Christ actually matched perfectly what I was experiencing in my studio and so so I feel like even as a child painting, I experienced this charge or flow going through me and I didn't know what to call it. I thought everybody had this experience. <laughs> and you know, you go to middle school and you talk about it and people look at you funny. <laughs> and you know, I I really sensed God's presence when I was creating from very early on. So I was always an artist. I I, I always 
felt God's um, presence in mm. that. Mm. And so when I read the words of Christ, especially in the Gospels, it, it just made perfect sense. There was like mm. you know match of yeah. what I was experiencing, and so I, I realized, oh, oh my goodness, that uh, this if this is true, then everything changes, mm. and. Ever since I, I read through the Bible three times right away. Just you know, <laughs> just, just kidding. Uh, really, uh, my eyes were open to see scriptures as 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 the Spirit was opening my heart, and so from that moment, I started to write this book. Um, right. Initially, I thought, well, I'm an artist. You know, I, I mm. kind of think outside the box, and and the Bible has many of these prophets <laughs> doing crazy things and that looks like art to me you know? <laughs> and it isn't isn't this amazing that you know i get to read this holy text that you know god himself claims to be an mm. artist creator um and me as an artist growing up in this sense of presence of god in my uh, creativity and in my studios was it wasn't just an illusion you know it was it was not a fantasy it was it was real and this god is the the artist uh, you know i write in the book that he, yeah. he is the only true artist uh that can create something out of nothing yeah. but you know to me that was obvious but to my friends, you know, missionary <laughs> and Christians in, in my church who look at me funny when I talk about, you know, Exodus 31 and days are all holy of creating the uh, tabernacle. And I, I, I could I could see it. I, I, I know how to build it because mm. of the instructions are so detailed. Mm. Uh, it's actually the materials that I use, like gold and, you know, and Solomon's temple later and the description that even the in, in Paul, St. Paul has uh, to, to about the church mm. is precisely the materials that I use um, in First Corinthians 3. So I was like, this is this is amazing. This was like written about art. Yeah. And then I <laughs> go to church and people, people <laughs> you know, I, I skipped that part. What is a cubit? <laughs> you know, like it seems rather expensive, you know, <laughs> to yeah. bring like gold and, you know, all these precious minerals. And but to me, this this was this was what I experienced in the studio. Yeah. Um and, and Japanese culture uses gold and silver and platinum and uh, minerals like azurite and malachite um to create works that you see behind me if you yeah. could see these works. So so it was very much an overlap, a perfect alignment. Mm. And so even as far back as 30 years ago, I was writing these little uh, observations about scripture and, uh, you know, people invite me to talk about them in, mm. in Sunday schools and whatnot. And so I built up over the years, accumulated quite a bit of um going through you know biblical exegesis from from the point of view of an artist uh mm. reading it and, but but it was, it was only recently that i realized that this is not you know just artists mm. out of the box mm. <laughs> you know fringe <laughs> thinking but this is and and that that happened when i read tom wright's books and 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 t wright you know when he, as a theologian as a major theologian he writes about 
the gospel and the entirety of the gospel experience, um, the history and narrative of you know biblical reality. The, he talks about them as if this is the the way to understand the gospel is about God's new creation, you know, creation to new creation, mm -hmm. rather than just focusing on um, the fixing part mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. what we have fallen and what yeah. we have failed to do. Um, of course, that's part of it. Christ's cross is at the heart of it, at the center of it. But mm. but that that is that can only be an entry point into God's invitation for us to co-create in, in into the future. Mm. And God waits until we act to create something that God considered to be permanent and enduring. Yeah. So that I, you know, I always felt that reading mm. the scriptures that was very clear to me but that wasn't the gospel that i heard in yeah. many of the churches even you know in my own <laughs> churches that i've served yeah you write in the book god the artist communicates to us first before god the lecturer <laughs> and i think we've all heard the the, the church's version of god the lecturer yes, yes. Uh, a lot but yeah just unpack that a little bit more how does yeah. coming from the perspective of an artist and having that sort of intuitive sense mm -hmm. of god first in the studio and in your art and yeah. then kind of then almost you know encountering the the other part second how does that change your view of faith and art so basically what i'm saying is in the book is the bible is all about making yeah. Um, there's not one passage that doesn't relate to some kind of making yeah. and God chooses to um, bring that making through us. So, mm. so through broken vessels, God uh, sees the new world. Mm. And uh, so I talk a lot about John 11, uh, you know, John, uh, Jesus, uh, Jesus wept mm. passage and how critical that is um, when the uh, weeping at that point doesn't serve any utilitarian purpose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jesus is about to resurrect Lazarus. So why didn't he just go ahead and do that? <laughs> you know yeah 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 because he loved mary and mm. uh, and mary was weeping so he's wasted time weeping and to me that is fundamentally what who god is and who jesus is and and it opens up this uh, you know it allows us to see god's heart um through our brokenness and through our broken journeys and our tears and our, uh, uh, you know, anger even, mm. there is something beautiful about that from God's perspective that we can't see. So when you unpack that throughout scriptures, Jesus swept uh, two words, right? But, mm. but through that pinhole, you can unpack the entire scripture from creation to new creation mm. as God's way of revealing himself into the world through broken prism uh, that that we created mm -hmm. yeah. and and yet to god that is the way you know mm -hmm. to um to be present with us especially in suffering and so what we get to do actually is this um understanding that 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 is actually flipped from this 
uh, perfected ways that, you know, industrial ways that we have come to understand. um, And as well as theologically, this super rational way to, um, you know, have this, even this idea of unerring way of interpretation. Mm. Um, You know, I'm not arguing against inerrancy, but I'm I'm saying that it's it's often through imperfections. It's through what theologian Ben Ben Quash, you know, uses maculateness mm. of, of of the theology mm. that we get to see something new break into the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that stuff you write about gratuity. You've mentioned that yeah. Jesus <laughs> Jesus tears. And we we talked at a, a recent songwriters gathering about this idea that often people, you know, our context is is worship songwriting and people want their songs to be useful. So they want it to say, oh, when I led my song, this many hands went up in the air or this many people came to Christ or or I I communicated this aspect of theology or the message or even worse. We have that thing of looking at the Spotify list or the YouTube list and going, oh, it got X many clicks or like, you know, and all that. And you talk about this whole area of sort of gratuity and non-utilitarian which is such a different perspective on not you know you're seeing it from an artist's perspective but actually you're applying it to so much more right i'm actually applying to life and in, in, mm. in the gospel actually yeah. understanding of a gospel has become overly uh, utilitarian pragmatic um you know something that you can check the boxes and mm. say well this is why you know i'm successful this is why i you know i i am respected yeah this is why i have power yeah. You know, all, all these things um, force reasons to make anything mm. because you're basically talking about creation of idols at that point. You know, that there's yeah. a fine line, of yeah, course, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with some song that we've written becoming popular and, and then everybody sings that song. Mm. Praise God for that. But yeah. that is not why you wrote that song you Amen. we need to be writing our songs doing our art to the audience of one right mm. we talk about that too we but we don't you know we don't practice <laughs> it um that's all that matters and it has to be honest it has to speak to the conditions of reality as we see it which is often broken and uh, and haunting um Mm. and there's anger there there's there's things that we're not very proud of there but those are the exact portals through which we get to have a conversation with god Mm. about who we are and what our community is facing and when we write our songs and even if nobody (laughs) understands or sings them (laughs) if you're doing authentic work then that is precisely why that song may become enduring, you know, mm, that uh, yeah, yeah. later on and not, not in the marketplace, perhaps mm. not in Spotify, <laughs> but, but in, in, in a way that an authentic expression that only you and I can write, mm. that will endure. And it doesn't matter if it doesn't become a hit on this side of eternity because god is going to take that and multiply that and and create an entire orchestra entire (laughs) world through that expression and that's what i talk about in the book is that you know we're not just talking about 
fixing the world so mm-hmm. that it is right again. Of course, God has already done that through Jesus, but God is inviting us to something that is far more extravagant <laughs> and glorious and weighty than than us being able to say to God, here are things, list of things that I've done for you. And, you know, you will be pleased with me because I've accomplished this and this and this. Mm. Well, that's fine. But God Mm. is looking at us like any father would, uh, a son or daughter, and said, can we dance? You know, (laughs) can we we make sandcastles? Can we, you know, can we throw baseball can we you know kick us out you know football and and it 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 becomes this you know strange flip right of Mm. of how we view that with seriousness this this devotion to our faith when maybe the father all the father wants to do is is create with us Mm. and and to have fun and not to worry about survival and marketplace because God is going to take care of that anyways, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the more intimate connection, heart to heart that you have with the creator, everything is going to align itself anyways mm. toward uh, provision and, and you know, sustainability mm. and, and our, our ability to um, be given opportunities to create more for the world, to bless the world, you know, that God through his spirit will, work through us to to of course god is going to do that because because that's how god created the world through through god's love Mm, that's so good yeah (laughs) we we do this challenge each month um where we get we have a theme that we we're trying to write on for a year and the 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 theme this month is hope and people are writing these songs based on some of glenn packiam's writing and tom wright and we recently had a day with uh Bible um, New Testament scholar Conrad Gempf, mm. and he talked us through some of the some of the New Testament passages about hope. But I do I do think we struggle with this because I think we've narrowed even future hope, eschatological hope, mm. down to a kind of going to heaven when we die. Uh, and your what you've put across in the book is so much more expansive, and it includes so much more of the things that we often leave out. Mm. And and we need artists to paint and write and mm. you know to really understand to get at the the tension of hope. Mm. Mm. Uh, the, what theologian Ellen Davis, uh, friend, uh, has called um, um, this um, hardness of hope, biblical mm. hope. Uh, so it's not sentimental hope you know wishing something and and those things are floating around but mm. but the, to to us this is this is the substance of things hoped for yeah. right yeah, so yeah, yeah. so there's substance um there and and so you know we you know emily dickinson hope is a thing with feathers that mm. perches in the soul um it, it does not use words but you know, and and the way that she spins that reality of hope in a dire time um, is very much at the heart of what we need to we need to understand to be you know this future hope that we have, and um, you know, and it, that kind of hope 
that approaches in the soul, it, it never stops singing despite our failures and our despair, right? And that's hard hope, you know, that, that, that's, that, that's enduring hope, I guess. And, and so we need to somehow get to that. And the only way to do it is use expressions as a poet would mm. describe it. You know, this is the thing with fetters that purchase in the soul yeah, that yeah. gets at it better than you know 150 pages of uh, biblical exegesis <laughs> by you know propositional yeah. uh, ways, yeah. um, and we need that you know in in the world today um, because we we are um, stricken by. The, the realities, you know, go the wasteland in front of us, and and um, we 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 so so we need to do our work as artists and writers and songwriters, uh, especially the, to write authentically mm. about hope in in a way that people can not only resonate with, but but it it, it redefines what hope it may mean. Mm. That's so true. And I think a lot of us that have kind of been in the, the evangelical church and we want to be clear in our language and we, mm. when you talk about poetry, I, I think about, I read something in the book, we talked about, you know, uh, trusting your intuition yes. and, and trusting imagination. And, and I, I sort of, if I'm really honest, reflecting for myself, I think, well, I'll have a little bit of that in my song. Maybe there'll be yeah. a little, a little glimpse of that, but I, I did see one of the songs that was written and he had a really kind of poetic opening line about something about new dawn. I see the crack of the new dawn breaking and, and then the rest was kind of what you'd expect about, you know, Jesus died on the cross and all of this, the stuff that's good, but it's not poetic. It's not. And I yeah. wonder how can we learn to trust our intuition and our imaginations mm. more? It comes down to love. I think mm. a love for music and sound and words and how words themselves and instruments certainly mm. uh, tells us, <laughs> um, reveals a world that they are meant to create. And there's mystery in that. You know, I use these precious pulverized minerals uh, like azurite, malachite, and and I'm always amazed at how each batch created by a pigment um, artisan in Japan as shipped to me. And um, I, you know, mix these by hand um, here in the studio. And I'm always amazed that this is the same descriptor of what the pigments are. This is a, you know, number nine azurite uh, with this weight. And, <laughs> and every time it's different, you know. Uh -huh. And so I have to listen to my materials, mm. and and I, I just love doing that. Um, I, I sit here all day, like like <laughs> like, what do you want to become? You know, <laughs> and, and and then then the magic is that the materials, paper, and the canvas, and everything, right? It it depends on the air uh, moisture level uh, today. You know, what is it like? Um, how how does it feel, you know, mm. as, as paper stretches, and and those things over the years, you know, this is somatic knowledge mm. rather than rational knowledge. You you know, knowledge that comes through our hands. Mm. The these things build up to be 
um, some 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 soil that is cultivated um, to create something new to mm. generate something new and oftentimes as you as you said the intuitive side is way ahead of us so we need to learn to trust that voice um if you have spent enormous amount of time cultivating your craft especially mm. and coming to love your instruments and your mm. you know your band and mm. you know the the very much the, the because you know especially when we perform it's never the same right that mm. each every song is should be different depending yeah. on the context depending on the time and and those things you know we can be hypersensitized to and and accentuate what is given to us that mm. day you know and and to and to allow it to speak to us first mm. um and then translate that back into the audience um and when we're writing you know we have to feed ourselves uh, we have to feed our intuition you know we may feed our stomachs <laughs> but but what we often don't do is cultivate our imagination so you know, we need to be reading poetry if you want to be a better writer. We we need to uh, go go see art. Um, you know, see cinema. Go 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 listen to music. Um, you know, so so even even something that you 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 may not like. You know, <laughs> and and learn from that experience. Talk to the composer. Talk to artists. Talk to you know. The, do this um, uh, cross pollination of if you are a musician befriend the visual artist because that visual artist can probably tell you more about songwriting you know intuitive yeah. ways um than just a tech technical part or mm. you know and and a poet and and a theologian and mm. and a plumber you know <laughs> and, 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 and those those kind of cross-pollinations can really feed on and nurture our imagination to grow and to be sanctified, you know, as we minister to people. Yeah. Oh, that's so terrific. Yeah. You've, you've talked a bit about the, the tears of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and I know that you've, you've sort of almost imagined that with your own work. And when you're mixing water, you're imagining the tears, but you also use this incredible image. And again, these are so poetic in, but they're so relatable when you get your head around them. Of, of kintsugi of yes. the the art mm -hmm. of um i don't want to say fixing because that's the wrong word but <laughs> but recreating right. and making new out of things that are broken yeah. um and yeah. i feel like that's such a potent image for our culture it's such yes. a potent image for the church when we often and and as i think about worship songwriting it's something we've talked about a lot as a community that People aren't very good at voicing about struggles, particularly we're a little bit better at voicing our own struggles. We'll say, you know, mm. oh, Lord, it's hard today, but you're, you know, <laughs> but we're not so good about cultural stuff and the bigger things. And yeah, so I'd, I'd love it if you'd share a bit about Kintsugi and how that's inspired Absolutely. and helped you. Thanks for asking that. Yeah, it's, uh, through Christ's tears, we we are invited into the new. And and I have a piece here that oh, one wow. of our Kintsugi instructors um, made. Beautiful. And and the, there was a crack here. Um, but what she did was she created this kind of a squiggle around with gold. Wow. So the resulting uh, design is, uh, is incredibly beautiful. And so... Kintsugi 
um, you know, it was not just to fix, but but men to make new. Mm. And this is a uh, Japanese tradition, although now I'm a little bit um, convinced that it actually came from Korea and Japan together mm. um, th- because of various difficult histories of those two countries Mm -hmm. it's been obscured by japanese invasions um but but i I believe the lacquer tradition in korea which is one of the highest forms refined forms of lacquer um has contributed to creating something beautiful out of something that is broken Mm -hmm. and and to understand that as part of this resilient culture Mm. that has always saw brokenness and scars of past traumas as an entry point into creating something that is enduring, uh, that expresses that culture. Mm. And both Korea and Japan has that uh, element. And and so uh, it is incredible to think that this metaphor is one of the most potent metaphors for us to talk about the resurrection Mm. and post-resurrection appearances of jesus Mm. this is not just a glorified human being resurrected Mm. but it is a wounded human being Mm. that chose to keep his wounds you know and that that just blows my mind (laughs) like why would he do that after all that he's been through why would Jesus choose to be a human? Yeah. It could have been anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> but he chose to be a human that would get mistaken as a gardener, you know. Yeah. And and then to, to prove that he is real, he shows his wounds. Mm. That's just incredible. And it is through his wounds that we are healed, mm. right? So every time we create, we get to access that wound um, somehow. It's embedded in creation. The tears of Christ, which is physical, his DNA is like surrounds us, you know, because I imagine Jesus' tears, you know, not disappearing and evaporating, but it, but it gets multiplied, right? It's just like the fishes and the loaves. Wow, yeah. so, so when we are weeping collectively, you know, today is uh, Queen's, yeah. um, you know, but um, something about that, that that Christ's presence, powerful presence of Christ tears is is with us. Yeah. And, and, and it, it, it actually creates this grounding for us uh, to as a foundation for us mm-hmm. to create out of. Mm. So beautiful. And I, I love when you talk about um, sort of really looking at the cracks first before yes. you yeah before you can start the the recreating and you also wrote somewhere about um paint your own experience i don't know if you mind talking about this of painting flames over and over again oh right, right, right. Having yeah, to look that. into that yeah and see, yeah. yeah i'm a survivor of 9-11 i was trapped in the subway underneath the tower so i, I you know that it's it's still taking me 20 years or more mm. to uh, process that but um so, so what i had to do in my studio was was to really re reimagine what flames of destruction 
can do to mm. people um and so this was this was like saving my soul from you know mm. <laughs> despair because I, mm. I i really had to do this uh, this this was a critical work for me to walk into my studio every day and and start painting these flames mm. that until they turned into sanctifying flames and not destructive flames. I just kept on painting them. Mm. And I was using water-based materials, so I call them water flames. Mm. <laughs> and and I, I, I and to this day, I'm still painting them. But mm. but it's it's part of that process of sanctification. And and you know, when we go through trauma of any kind, there's a tendency for us to <laughs> first escape and run away mm. from that as far as we can and forget, yeah. try to forget about it well that makes it worse mm. i can tell you personally yeah. um what we have to do actually is to face the very things that we're fearful of and somehow with god's help reimagine what we could not imagine before Mm. <laughs> and and so by doing that you know slowly it takes years of and and we need community by the way to do this because it's 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 too heavy of a work for one single person to be able to do um you you know not only you need other creatives around you who understand the process and is praying for you but but you need pastors and you need, mm. you know, uh, you need people, community uh, mm. who are not an artist to be able to journey with you because it, this is this is hard work. Mm. Um, and, and at the same time, though, you know, it, it's incredible how by making yourself vulnerable to that journey, how much that opens up a path for other people. Mm. And part of why my bride and I began Academy Kintsugi, uh, and we have been training instructors uh, all over the world, including in UK. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, and we're going to be presenting Kintsugi to the parliament in, 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 in November, so oh, we'll, wow. be, we'll be with you. Um, but, you know, the, part of the reason is that through my own trauma, I, I come to realize, like, we need a language that anybody can participate to be able to, you know, do what I do in the studio, which is pain, but it's, it's hard to teach people how to paint. Yes, sure. But Kintsugi is very easy to do, mm -hmm. um, given the kind of uh, way that we made it accessible. It's authentic, but it's, it's, it's not as um, daunting as the, Japan lacquer, which is, you know, oh. takes a year to dry and so forth. We, <laughs> we made it more easier so we can do it in three hours. Um, but even in that process, you learn to slow down and you, you kind of begin to trust your hands and, mm. and, 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 and everything kind of becomes more about making rather than fixing and beholding, mm. you know, rather than judging. Mm. And, Kintsugi masters will often behold the fractures for generations before wow. they <laughs> they mend it. <laughs> We're not going to do that. Maybe we, should, we so in some places we have to. Right? Yeah. I was at Columbine High School for their twentieth commemoration, and and there's no way to fix that. Mm -hmm. 
parents are still traumatized. You know, they need to move on. But but when I talked about beholding the fractures, that just resonated because mm. that's what they're doing. They're mm. still beholding, and 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 that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, there's beauty, and because when you behold, what you find is that you begin to identify the uniqueness of the fragments mm. and you begin to see that it's beautiful mm. on its own. Yeah. You know, so at that point, you know that it doesn't even need to be mended, mm. but that's ironically, that's when <laughs> the process can begin to wow. mend. And I, I have a suspect that this is the same thing in songwriting. Mm. It, you know, the, we are very quick to yes. create something, you know, out of production mode. Yeah. But what if we slow down and we just like I can see master beholding the fragments. Mm. We waited mm. in hope. Mm. Right? That that allowing the whatever the experience we may have had and uh praise that needs to come out but it's not yet there, you know. Mm. Perhaps we can do the, do that um to hold on to wait until the fragments become beautiful mm. and then write about that yeah. that unique experience of that fractured piece mm. um you know and and perhaps that you know that that goes against the mm. notion of writing something when it's due or you know to to yeah. to be ready for your worship service yeah. but you know i i have spoken to so many um worship leaders um and the, a lot of them very successful major churches mega churches leading and you know very famous in that sense mm. and i asked them you know how how are you doing creatively mm. you know, i know you're doing well in your job <laughs> but how are you doing creatively and and 90% tell me i'm not doing very well yeah and as an artist you know i i can already sense that Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a level of burnout, of course. There's a level of expectation that yeah. you know a lot of these song singer songwriters tend to be introverts anyway, so yeah. they're they're thrown into this spectacle. Um, and I I understand that that's difficult. But even more so, what's difficult is that our churches don't allow us mm-hmm. to slow down and reflect mm-hmm. and to behold. And because we're not given that time, we just keep running into shadow waters, you know, yeah. to to do more and more for mm-hmm. for good reasons. Yeah. But we have to take care of ourselves, and we have to, you know, and and we need a community, a group of people such as yourselves mm-hmm. to to really hold people back and and you know and embrace them as they are you know going through brokenness themselves mm. i'm sure and mm. and they sense this heavy burden on, mm. on their call uh, but but this is a moment when the, the putting back and beholding the fractures will do more mm. long term right mm. for what we produce back into the world yeah. And and so this I I I feel like you know I, if I I just just give space breathing space for people to reflect to lament mm. to uh the, you know with tears and with laughter right to be able to 
um, come together as a community, it will do so much more <laughs> for, for, for the church in general um, than, than this, you know, horse race that we're, we're on. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. I mean, it, I, I, I read that you, because we do this song a month, right, for a yeah. year. But yeah. I read that you're doing a little bit of a larger challenge with the Psalms. Are you still yeah. doing that every month? I am. And I started about three years ago. I I thought, you know, what's the best way to slow down and meditate? Not, yeah. not even try to illumine the scriptures or even paint so that I can exhibit them. I, I started out saying, no, I just want to do it for audience of one mm. and i've been meaning to do the psalms anyway so i said what's what's like the size that doesn't fit into your car <laughs> right so it's it's, it's impractical <laughs> right so so it's 48 by 48 inches which is just the size that that doesn't go into uh, you know i so, so. I, I have to read this because I, I had to read this footnote a few times. You, you yeah. footnote this by, in the book by saying, this size is just large enough that the paintings will not be easy to... I, I had to read because I thought it said will be easy to transport. No, it says will not be easy to transport or exhibit without much planning. So the project is non-utilitarian effort and not very efficient. I just thought, how many songwriters are like, what I'm going to do right now is be completely inefficient and non-utilitarian. I'm going to record it on a wax cylinder or so. I don't know what, what the equivalent is for a songwriter, but it's just... Well, maybe, maybe, maybe we can start a movement. Yes. <laughs> music. Um, but, but yeah, so so then, then of course, I, I didn't realize that that would take me like 14, 15 years. <laughs> and I'm like thinking like, okay, so I had to make... 150 panels <laughs> like <laughs> on canvases that size like oh that's so impractical but but it has given me that sense of beholding because it allows me to go wake up every morning go into the studio and first of all, my, my my dear colleague, uh, Dr. Aaron Davis, who is a Hebraic scholar, would translate each psalm for me because awesome. I, you know, she said, you know, what translations are you using when she found out? And I said, well, I'm using this and this and this. And she said, well, I think I can do better. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she sends me these psalms that I'm working on. And then one of my fellows is a uh, spoken word artist as well as a visual artist. Okay. And she decided that she She's going to read them when we were in Pasadena. Um, she was there and, you know, I asked her to read each of these translated Psalms for me so I can just listen to that. And so ever since she's been doing it, every month she'll send me a Psalm awesome. and I just listen to it at least three times every mm -hmm. morning mm -hmm. before I even do anything. And, and then the resulting <laughs> images yeah is is very minimal uh you know it's not illustrative it's it's not it's kind of very boring in that sense but <laughs> it to me is is a lifesaver because it allows me to be very direct with my materials very you know i limit the materials so it's okay. basically um black uh, sumi ink, which is um, made from pine suits in Japan, calligraphy ink, and oyster shell white, and sometimes metallics, but but it's just meant to be meditative piece. So so I just I just do that every morning, you know, before I do anything else. 
Awesome. I love that. Well, maybe we'll have to, to expand the 12 song challenge into the 150 psalm challenge <laughs> and just get people doing it for the next 14 years. The yeah, next 14 years. Yeah. 119 is kind of long. So, my next 14 years. <laughs> oh, that's, that's so good. I love it. Um, yeah, maybe just one more question, uh, which yeah. is you describe artists and, and maybe yourself as border stalkers. And there's mm -hmm. a word that I can't pronounce, but I think yeah, it's really Yeah, yeah which is, there are Tolkien's uh, okay. translation of Beowulf. Okay. The medieval, medieval language. Yeah, yeah. Stop. <laughs> I think there's a Fleet Foxes with that song with that title. Anyway, yes, um, but this a, idea, okay, but this idea of border stalker, um, you know, you are bringing together different cultures uh, right. obviously the you know the japanese and the and the um, you know the american and 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 then also different disciplines because you're not just pulling from one art form um you're committed to culture care rather than culture wars but yeah. so much of contemporary worship feels to me monocultural it's like <laughs> as if yeah. there was only one you know anointed culture and we're going to stick to that uh, so how can we do better at being border stalkers? Right. Well, naturally, border stalkers, we we tend to, um, you know, we may be tribal, all of us uh, have, have, have a home tribe. But, um, you know, when, when we are children, we, we are meandering <laughs> in the borders <laughs> and, and checking out, you know, this beautiful thing that's, far off in the hills and even though our parents tell us don't go there you know <laughs> and um and oftentimes we we do get in trouble because we're isolated and you know we we um you know there are storms and there are wolves out there yeah um but this natural tendency you know i just tweeted i i have a um, uh, tweet uh, uh, Twitter site uh, called mm -hmm. I Am Culture Care, and I I, I post uh, daily culture care thoughts, you know. Mm -hmm. And I just tweeted, artists are like bees. <laughs> they 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 the you know the work of bees like the, it's it's their job to be border stalkers, right? They they're supposed to go out and find yeah. beauty. Why? Because pollinating is essential yeah. for nature by border stocking yeah. you are actually pollinating what needs to bear fruit mm. in culture mm. now a lot of people think that artists are like uh, are bees so honeybees so mm. they, they think we sting so they avoid <laughs> us right sometimes they spray it's us you know? yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, but but we don't want to sting because we die when we sting yeah. so all we want to do is find that beauty and mm. and hop from one beauty to another and come back home and make honey mm. right that, yeah yeah and, yeah we can do that in in a sense as as a you know um, part of uh, whatever the tribes we are a part of uh, we can bless our own homeland <laughs> by meandering by finding beauty out there and and collecting pollen <laughs> and bringing back home <laughs> and that's that's an artist's task yeah. um but 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 the tribal land the the church home yeah. needs to understand that sometimes yeah. artists need that well artists need that freedom period yeah. we, we we cannot be contained in that monocultural realm mm. because pretty much uh, we die mm. <laughs> like we, yeah. we don't have the songs to sing anymore <laughs> you know and and so we we need that but 
But as I say, you know, especially when we are teenagers, we need some guidance. We, we need to go out in twos and threes <laughs> and and have the good shepherd guide us <laughs> because we get in trouble otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and uh, you know, I, I I've experienced that myself and and so it it's very important that you know we have a strategy, right? Mm. That 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 allows this meandering mm -hmm. to be a sanctification meandering, yeah. <laughs> a destructive meandering, and and to do what we are built to do, which which is to find beauty out there and bring it back home. Mm. That's so beautiful. That's a brilliant place to end. Well, if you're coming in November to the UK, yeah. uh, you know, please let us know what you're up to, and we'd love oh, to be awesome. You know, yeah. pray for you and support you as you come because the UK you. needs. Uh, some kintsugi right now yes yes all of us do and and uh but but it'll be exciting to share that with you so look forward to that oh bless you well thank you so much and absolutely uh, yeah thank Enjoy. you